0: Hello, everybody. Sorry this week's episode is late. I'm not going to front. These new studios are very nice. I enjoy recording in them, but there's a lot of buttons in here, and I definitely have to find someone from the tech department to come in here and show me how to change the screens. So we are here. Hey, how you doing? Hope you guys are all doing mighty fine. Of course, this is another episode of The Rewind with Besa, and we are currently on season two, episode two. So Today, of course, we have to talk about Friends of Waterfronts block party that's happening this Saturday. I'll be there. G Prez will be there. Trey Holiday will be there. We also have to talk about Hades Town because in this particular uh, episode of Rewind with Besa, at the end of the video, I am going to have an interview that I do with Levi, who happens to play Hermes over in Hades Town. Let me tell you, that interview was so good. Like, he talks about being LGBTQ. He talks about being a Southern boy. He talks about not getting pigeonholed into certain types of cast just because of his accents. He talks about, you know, literally taking chance. And we even find some crazy synchronicities that have happened over his career to really get him where he is today or for him to at least be able to look back on it and reflect. So we'll have that full Will, as if I'm over here talking with somebody else, child, I will have that full interview for you at the end of this particular episode. But in the meantime, between time, you already know we have to get into the rewind and the different things that have been going on. So first up, look, you guys, my good sis, Brittany Griner is still locked up over in Russia. Okay, not only is she still locked up over in Russia, we are still waiting on Biden to get her out. So check this out. On Monday, Griner actually hand wrote. I mean, I guess she doesn't really have another option or maybe she does. I, I I don't know if it's just an American thing, but I thought prisoners had email these days. But we digress. He, <laughs> she actually hand wrote a letter to President Biden. Check out some of the things that she said. One thing she said is, as I sit here in a Russian prison, alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey or any accomplishments. I'm terrified I might be here forever. She goes on to say, I realize you are dealing with so much, but please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. I voted for the first time in 2020 and I voted for you. I believe in you. I still have so much good to do with my freedom that you can help restore. I miss my wife. I miss my family. I miss my teammates. It kills me to know they are suffering so much right now. I'm grateful for whatever you can do at this time to get me home now apparently uh, (laughs) after this whole letter ended up making it to Biden he got a hold of Brittany Griner's wife her name is Shirely. And I guess they had a little conversation. According to the White House, the president called Shirely to reassure her that he is working to secure Britney's release as soon as possible, as well as the release of Paul and other US nationals who are wrongfully detained or held hostage in Russia and around the world. Now, I don't necessarily like the whole part of around the world because that means that you're doing a whole lot at once, right? So, obviously, you want all of the de- Obviously, you want all detainees to come home. Obviously, you don't want them to be detained anywhere other than, well, you want them to come home and be free and live their best lives. However, in this particular statement... The statement should have been focused on Brittany Griner. I, I love how like they are literally just looping all these other people in here. And I understand bringing Paul back and the other guy that's over there in Russia. Yes, bring them all back at the same time. But for them to literally add in that we're trying to bring back um, everyone that has been detained around the world at the same time, it almost makes it seem like, girl, we don't know when we're going to get you back. We need for you to sit tight. Um, we will come back to you in a little bit. And I'm just like, How hard are you guys really trying? Like, how much of a factor is this war really playing in her not coming back? I just, I don't know, child. I just, it's one of those things where, you know what? My friend King only says it best.
1: Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. What are you and Joe doing? What are you and Joe doing? Kamala, Kamala. I'm saying you first. What are you and Joe doing?
0: What are you and Joe and that's on period, okay? What are y'all doing in there? I don't. And, and if that's the, if you guys are really not doing anything in the White House to make something happen, just say that. If you guys really feel like you are so busy that you can't get Brittany Griner out right now, and this just has to be tabled until September, November, say that. But right now. Right now, it looks like you guys are doing a bunch of nothing and making some phone calls that are lightweight, empty with promises. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, you guys, we're gonna keep it moving because apparently there is a Rhode Island senator by the name of Tierra Mack who is now responding to well, child. Okay. I wish that I could find an explanation of what she thought she was doing when she did this, but basically her way of encouraging people to vote was to literally post the, a video. Obviously, I'm not going to play the video on here. I don't feel like getting the emojis out right now, but the video is of her at a beach, popping it on a handstand, and then at the end, she pops up and says, vote, <laughs> or I think she said, vote here, Mac. Either way, I just feel like, and and I feel like, This is something that you can see a few different ways, right? Obviously, she's human. Obviously, she's a senator. But just because you're a senator does not mean that you're not human, right? Follow along with me. However, I think that there are just certain jobs where it's like, ma'am... I just expect you to carry yourself a certain way, right? It doesn't mean that you can't be with the you-know-whats. It doesn't mean that you can't still have a good time, you know, go out to the club, have a drink, whatever have you. But there are just certain things that you do not want to see your senators doing, especially in a time where social media makes things go so viral to where now it's like, you know, no tea, no shade. We already know people been laughing at us in other countries, and now we got our senators twerking on a handstand. And... No, Tino Shade. I'm not. <laughs> she didn't do the best job at it. You know, it's, I think sometimes it's one thing when someone does something like that and everyone's like, oh, she killed it. I don't remember seeing anyone saying that she killed it. If anything, people are saying not only is this distasteful for you to do as a senator, you didn't even do a good job at it. Those are just my thoughts. And not only are those my thoughts, those are thoughts that I am seeing all over Twitter and Instagram comments. Hit me up, drop a comment below. What do you think about senators that are, I don't know, obviously taking different tactics to get people's attention to vote. I feel like there's so many other ways to get people to vote. And I'm not really sure if that's if that's the way that you want to do it. And and, and you know what? We'll see what happens when the votes come out and what it does. But honestly, you guys, I just really feel like that was a cute moment for her to go viral. But I definitely think it 150 million percent missed the mark in whatever the heck she was trying to get out when she posted that TikTok. However, speaking of TikTok, you guys, apparently there is a senator that Once for TikTok to be removed from the Apple Play Store, or shall I say the Apple Store and the Google Play Store, I'm going to do a little more research on this before I actually dive into this, because I'm not trying to get flagged for no misinformation. But I find that very, very interesting. And once I do figure out what the heck is really going on there, because y'all know I love me some TikTok. I will let you know. Now, coming up next, we do have an update in the Nipsey Hustle case where a jury has found the man who ended up shooting and killing Nipsey Hustle guilty. I will talk about that as soon as we come back from these commercials. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Besa and I had to take
2: a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, We both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faisa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear.
0: Hey guys, Basa Gordon here. Just so you know, Friends of Waterfront's Block party is back this year. And of course, myself and G-Prez will be back hosting the full-on live stream on Converge in case you can't be there. Look, it literally all goes down this Saturday at Pier 62. And not only will myself and G-Prez be there, you know my girl Trey Holiday is going to be on the stage emceeing the entire event. You don't want to miss it. Just like last year, there will be food, there will be games. There will be music. There will be performances. And there will also be some dancing. So, look, make sure you pull up to Pier 62 this Saturday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. We will see you there. And, of course, I do have to make sure I give an amazing shout-out to our sponsor of this year's Friends of Waterfront Block party, which happens to be Stanley. So, again, I'll see you guys this Saturday. And make sure you wear something cute. That way we can take some photos.
2: All aboard
0: Okay, you guys, check this out. First and foremost, welcome back. You are still locked into the Rewind with Baysa. Obviously, I am your host, Baysa Gordon. And look, it came out today that a Los Angeles jury has found Eric Ronald Holder Jr. guilty of first-degree murder in the shooting death of Nipsey Hussle. Okay? According to CNN, Holder, who apparently knew Nipsey Hussle, had approached him over allegations he had called him a snitch, according to prosecutors. Now, check this out. His defense attorney is saying we told you guys that Mr. Holder did shoot Nipsey Hussle. However, they then go in to say we told you it was voluntary manslaughter and that he acted in a heat of passion. And we told you what that heat of passion that he acted on consisted of. It consisted of being called publicly a snitch by someone as famous as Nipsey Hussle. And we believe that is what the evidence showed. Now check this out. Out. The prosecutors are saying we have a step-by-step carried out plan to return to the parking lot and kill. It's not done in the heat of passion. In fact it's done 10 minutes after the conversation. In fact it's done after he shakes Nipsey Hussle's hand. Now in case you guys don't know Holder is going to be sentenced on September 15th. Of course his attorneys are planning on appealing Look you guys I would be lying if I said that I was mad at this ruling because I'm not Um, I don't know about you guys but I remember exactly where I was when the news hit that Nipsey Hussle had been shot and killed. Literally I was in the old Cube Studios, because obviously we're on a different side of the building now, and um, I was recording. I think it was a day where I was filling in for somebody on a Sunday. I don't think it was like one of my normal shifts. So I'm in there super happy filling in during the day. Happy go lucky Besa just to have TMZ hit my phone with that news. I did not know what to do or what to say at that particular moment. Obviously, I had to get on air and talk about it, but I was literally crying on air. So choked up and just so just like what How does this even happen? I don't know about you guys. I've actually been to the marathon store, Um, went down there, tried to find Nipsey Hustle. He wasn't there, was able to meet his brother. Nice guy. I ended up also grabbing a hat. But to see where Nipsey Hussle's career was going, to see the influence that he was putting out in the world, to see how much people were gravitating towards not only just his words, but his ways of living. And, you know, Dr. Sabian, everything that he was really just teaching everybody just for that to all be lightweight, I don't want to say it was derailed, but it was definitely put on a hold because obviously we have everything that he created musically. Right. We have all of the stuff that he did interview wise. Right. We can look back at his old tweets and see what he said, but we're not able to hear from the future Nipsey Hussle. You know, there was a point when uh, Nick Cannon was supposed to be finishing up the documentary that Nipsey Hussle was starting for Dr. Sebi. And I don't know what happened with that. I don't know, like every once in a while, he still says that he's still going to do it, but it doesn't really seem like he's doing it. And honestly, honestly, I really haven't seen very many people fully complete a documentary on docu- on Dr. Sabi that's honestly pushed on a big level. If there has been, definitely drop a link below. I would love to check it out, but I'm not going to front. There, there are some... Uh, there are some interesting situations that happen when people start to promote Dr. Savy and say they're going to make a documentary on them. You can say I'm reaching, but let's be frank, the history and the research is there if you actually do it. Now, in other news, looks like Rihanna is officially the youngest self-made billionaire in America. Now, I do find that interesting because wasn't Kylie Jenner supposed to be a self-made billionaire? And then I feel like they removed her from the list or she sold a portion of her company. Either way, child, what we know now is that Rihanna at 34 years old is officially the youngest billionaire in America. And I freaking love it. You know what's so crazy? Everyone is so concerned about when Rihanna is going to drop an album. Well, She will drop an album when she feels like it. And honestly, I feel like at this point, when Rihanna finally does drop an album, the album is going to literally just drop out of nowhere. Like, we're not going to expect that Rihanna is dropping this album. You know what I'm saying? So I cannot wait to see what Rihanna does next. I'm intrigued to see what kind of celebration that she's going to do. Nine out of 10 is going to be extremely private, but it's cool. I mean, you're a billionaire now. You don't got to let us see everything. Although I would like a little peek. I would definitely like a little peek into the life of Rihanna, but I totally understand wanting to keep your privacy because you guys really think about it. I was watching this interview with Cardi B that she did on lip service and I didn't have time to clip it out. I was watching this interview with Cardi B on lip service and they were talking to her about what it's like to be famous. And she was talking about how since she became famous, she's not able to do the same things that she was doing before. She's not able to go out and turn up the way that she used to turn up before. She's not able to pop bottles the way that she did. Like she was like, you know, I used to get lit. I was turned, you know, and now anytime she gets too crazy, you know, there's cameras like she can just be standing there on a stage and there's cameras. And they were kind of talking about how they would rather be rich or wealthy than famous like yes being famous has its perks like you you definitely get some great things from being famous but another part was just there's so many eyes on you right like you know you think about someone like a bill gates yeah, he probably is somewhere here in Seattle living his best life, minding his own business, but you don't really see him, right? So as famous as Bill Gates is, he's more rich than and wealthy than famous in my eyes. You know why? Because Bill Gates will freaking go to a Dick's Drive-In and most people won't even realize that he's there. He doesn't have any security. He's just walking around living his best life, minding his business for the most part, you know? So I, I definitely understand the thought of being like, I would rather be, rich or wealthy rather than famous because who wants to be famous and homeless who wants to be famous and broke like I just I just feel like there are so many so many titles and so many assumptions that come with people that are famous and then when you see them out like what's that one athlete it was like Delonte Taylor I don't really remember if I find a photo of him I'll I'll find it you know he's been seen out and about multiple times over the years, strung out on drugs, you know, panhandling, begging for money. And it's crazy because it goes viral every freaking time. So this moment of this man in his worst moment ever is going viral, not because somebody's just walking down the street and they just happen to be videoing, you know, some homeless guy trying to sell him some T-shirts that he found on the ground. No, it's because of who he is. Right. And it's not like like, are you guys even like necessarily doing anything? Are you helping him? Did you give him a ride? Did you give him any money? I, I say all of that to say, you know, sometimes when it really comes to just being famous and wanting to have a private birthday party, because obviously I went completely left with the whole point of Rihanna. Um, I I definitely understand why a lot of them party in secret and why they make people sign NDAs, because we all saw we all saw what happened with Tiffany Haddish when she came out and spoke on what Beyonce was doing at the party or whatever was happening at a party that happened to have Beyonce at. Either who, you guys, that's actually all that I have for this week's Rewind. The news has not been as crazy as it usually is. And even when there are things that happen, it happened so many days ago that by the time I get here, I don't even care. And honestly, you guys, I refuse to come on here and talk to you about anything that I do not care about, anything that I do not find interesting, because it just doesn't sound natural at that point. You know what I'm saying? So either who, Um, in case you were wondering what the heck your girl has been up to. Well, let's see right here. Um, on Friday I went to communion. So stay tuned for my food review on communion. Obviously we've all been to communion or at least most of us have been to communion because I know some people do still have a hard time getting in there, but the food is amazing. I will say that. So I'll let you guys know the different things that I ordered and how I really felt about them. The things that were my favorite, the things that I was like, "Mm, I could probably do about this. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. I don't think there was anything that I felt like I could do without even like, I think it's like hood sushi or something like that. I wasn't sure if I would like it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. I will tell you that much. Okay, so stay tuned for that particular IG reel. And then otherwise, Dre's, he had a listening party. That's my girl Jazz. Of course, that's J. Holiday right there. Um, He had a listening party for his new upcoming album. And we all, as you can see, just lived our best little lives, okay? So once the album drops, if it's not out yet, um, make sure you guys get it, okay? It's just feel-good music. You know, I was watching, um, I forget what his YouTube name is, but someone had asked him what he thinks about Drake's new album. And a lot of people are clowning Drake's album because one minute it was, you know, he's talking about I'm a legend and headlines and, you know, the practice. And now he's over here doing like house Fist pumping, bogish like music. And, you know, he pretty much said he actually likes the album. There are probably only about four songs on there that he would replay again. But one thing that I will say about this Drake album is that, first of all, he didn't do it for the hip hop heads. OK, and I absolutely think it's unfair for any of us to ever stick an artist in a freaking box How are you supposed to be an artist if you get stuck in a box? Like, hello, the whole point of being an artist is being able to express yourself and however you feel. Right. So that's number one. But number two, you know, it's feel good music. Like if you're cleaning up and, you know, maybe you smoked a little bit or whatever, have you. And, you know, you just want some good music in the background that you don't feel like you have to change the song to turn it on. Trust and believe your house is going to be clean and smelling good by the time the album is done. So I want to say when it comes to Drake's new album, which I think is called like, Oh, Nevermind or something like that. I don't remember, child. I literally only listened to it once and went on about my day. Again, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't my type of particular music. But again, it's something that I wouldn't mind just putting on the background to where I don't feel like I have to change all the songs. Either way, I guess I say all of that to say, It's just not fair for us to keep putting these artists in boxes. And then and then when they continue doing the same kind of goddamn music, talking about the same stuff, we complain about that too. So I guess you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Anyway, you guys, we're going to go to one more commercial break to remind you once again about Friends of Waterfront's uh, block party that's happening this Saturday. Again, I'm going to be there and Trey Holiday is going to be there. And when we come back, we are going to get into this interview that myself and Trey Holiday did with Levy who plays Hermes in Town? while we were down in L.A. Hey, guys, Vesa Gordon here. Just so you know, Friends of Waterfront's block party is back this year. And, of course, myself and G-Prez will be back hosting the full-on live stream on Converge in case you can't be there. Look, it literally all goes down this Saturday at Pier 62. And not only will myself and G-Press be there, you know my girl Trey Holiday is going to be on the stage emceeing the entire event. You don't want to miss it. Just like last year, there will be food, there will be games, there will be music, there will be performances, and there will also be some dancing. So look, make sure you pull up to Pier 62 this Saturday, 4pm to 8pm. We will see you there. And of course, I do have to make sure I give an amazing shout out to our sponsor of this year's Friends of Waterfront Block Park. which happens to be stanley so again i'll see you guys this saturday and make sure you wear something cute that way we can take some photos okay you guys so it's just in and when i say just in i mean like maybe less than an hour ago um the inquest jury finds seattle officers were justified in charlena Lyles' death okay i'm gonna play this news clip and then i'm gonna come back did it appear that a reasonably effective alternative to the use of deadly force existed? Six jurors responded no, as to each officer.
3: The answers from six jurors to 123 and also, different we questions weren't burned. all the same, but there was a unanimous decision. Officers who shot and killed Charlena Lyles used reasonable force. I'm just feeling,
2: feeling hurt, feeling hurt. and. Uh, Nothing's gonna bring my daughter back, but I was hoping that they could at least be accountable for the actions they did.
3: In 2017, Lyles called 911 asking for help at her North Seattle apartment. When officers Steve McNew and Jason Anderson arrived, they said Lyles, who was pregnant at the time, was initially calm, but her demeanor changed. She lunged at them with two knives. Officers fatally shot her. It happened in her apartment in front of her children.
2: So I knew that justice would be elusive. And- her
3: family says today's reading was disappointing, but not surprising.
2: I think that with all the information that was allowed in, they could have they couldn't draw any other conclusions.
0: Both for you. Killed my daughter nothing. Vote
3: for you. The court's decision met with this outburst from Lyle's father, Charles. I'ma leave. Well, them. A moment he quickly apologized for outside the courtroom.
2: And I didn't mean to blurt out at court, but I was just so angry, you know. And the only thing I can say to them is F them, you know. I'm not that type of person. But that's the only thing I could, could say because they killed my daughter.
3: The six jurors did agree. Officer Anderson did not comply with SPD's policy that day, which required him to carry a taser.
2: At the bare minimum, I want... Um, a new independent investigation into her death.
3: Criminal charges aren't off the table. King County Prosecutor Dan Satterberg said in the coming weeks, we will review all of the admissible evidence and the jury's answers and make a final charging decision. The family saying this isn't the end of their fight.
2: I want someone held criminally liable for the killing of Charlena Lyles. She didn't have to die. In
3: 2021, the family settled a wrongful death lawsuit with the city for three and a half million dollars. The family maintains that Lyles was having a mental health crisis and the police did not handle it properly. Back to you.
0: Okay, you guys, so this is one of those cases where I kind of follow it, but I don't follow it as closely as I possibly could just because I do my best to keep my spirits as high as possible. However, I find it so interesting that, you know, In 2021, and this is according to King 5, the family of Charlena Lyles settled a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Seattle for $3.5 million. The family maintains that Lyles was going through a mental health crisis and police did not handle it properly. Lyles was known by Seattle police for having a mental condition and was told by a judge earlier in the year to get to get a mental health evaluation. What I think bothers me most about this particular situation is that I've personally had a mental health issue where cops had to come in and restrain me. They did not, as far as I can remember, because I was literally mentally in and out of it, they didn't injure me. I more so ended up injuring myself just because I I, I was just not there anymore. Like I was just somewhere over in la-la land, right? So in my situation, things were handled correctly, right? Right. The police got me on a gurney. They took me to the hospital and then they tried to take me to a psych ward. And I was like, we're not doing that. So I ended up staying with family for a few months. However, in this particular case, you know, I. It's one of those things where it's like if the police know that you have mental issues, why not? Why not bring someone proper to come handle the situation? I think the way that they actually restrained me, it was with handcuffs so I could stop flopping around for a little bit. But there was a point when they just kind of like started massaging my shoulders. They massaged my legs. And then uh, I actually I actually wasn't even wearing any clothes that day. You know what? We're not doing this. So I'm going to be honest, you guys. I was really going to go into... Uh, More of my mental health situation that happened with me. And thankfully, I'm able to talk about it these days, but I'm not ready to talk about it. So what I'm going to say and is is this. What I'm going to say is this. When it comes to situations with people that have mental health. Sending out cops is one thing. But sending out cops that do not have the proper training, the proper capability to deal with someone that has mental health issues, especially when you know, right? It's a little different when you don't know. They fucking knew. (laughs) They knew. It's probably in her chart a lot of the times when you have someone that you're con- you know maybe you're in and out of court or you're in and out of the hospital and you're in and out of contact with the police, they have a whole file on you. They know what they're dealing with when they come to you, so you know the excuses of it being
3: justified it
0: doesn't sit well with me
3: anywho uh let's go to another
0: commercial break.
2: They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. <laughs> it's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Basa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear.
0: Hey guys, Basa Gordon here. Check this out. Town is coming to Seattle. And you know what? I need to make sure you guys understand, this is not a drill. So let me take my glasses off for a second. Town is coming to Seattle and the first day that you will be able to see it is going to be at the Paramount on July 12th and you already know myself and Trey Holiday will be there. Fun fact when Town was first premiering over in LA uh, Broadway Across America actually sent myself and Trey Holiday down there to not only see the show but to literally interview all of the actors and the director and let me tell you if there's one thing about me, I'm not that big I've seen things multiple times, but this right here... This show right here, I plan on seeing it the first day that it comes to Seattle. So look, if you have not grabbed your tickets for Hades Town, you are missing out. And as someone that is a hopeless romantic, I let you know now you will not be disappointed when you go see Hades Town from the acting, the music, to the freaking theatrics, to even the stage setup. You will love everything about Hades Town. Even if you're feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I'll be able to relate to anything. Thing in here. Trust and believe you will be able to either relate to something or gravitate towards something within Hades Town. Tickets are on sale now, and you will be able to see Hades Town right here in Seattle at the Paramount from July 12th to July 17th. Please grab your tickets now before they sell out. I'm not even gonna front you guys. My lashes are coming off. <laughs> But it's cool. We're going to get through this, you know? And I think, I think what bothers me the most is that if my situation was not handled the way that it was, that easily could have been my situation. Like, whew. So anyways, we will dig deep into that story at some particular point um, and how I was mentally able to bounce back and how I still kind of sometimes deal with it. But uh, we got to talk about Hadestown. So as you just saw, while Trey and I were in L.A., or shall I say Trey and I got flew out to L.A. to literally interview the cast and the directors of Hades Town, And I want to say it was actually their premiere, their opening night over in L.A., which was super dope. As you saw, there were a lot of celebrities in the building and the vibe was just absolutely everything. So... <clears throat> I wanted to make sure that I pop in at least one of the interviews for Hadestown because, like I said, tickets are on sale now. And the first day that you're actually able to check it out will be on July 12th. I do not know what day of the week that is off the top of my head. I feel like it's a Tuesday. I could be wrong. Check your calendars. Anyways, you guys, the interview that Trey and I did that I'm going to show you, the one that we did with Levi. And he actually played Hermes. And this interview, I think, was so dope because, you know, he talks about being LGBTQ. He talks about how he's a Southern boy and how, you know, he made sure that they didn't pigeonhole him into any particular category just because he had an accent. He made sure that he made his own narrative. And, you know, he he also had some really dope synchronistic moments that have just happened over in his career. And there's actually one that happens during the interview. Check it out and we'll be right back.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, pleasure. this this really is a pleasure for yes. Converge to be here uh, opening night. But yeah. this is an iconic character. Hermes <laughs> is, you know, people kind of know about this archetype. But tell us what you, Levi, what you bring to this role.
1: Uh, thank you for the question, because I got to see... Um, Town just before COVID mm-hmm. took all theater away from us. Yeah. Right. And I was hit with this experience and I sat back and I said to myself, not only is this, uh, in in my world as someone who has been a singer songwriter for years who has had music in a lot of primetime television shows but like in seeing the journey of Anaïs creating something and then turning it into a theater piece was very interesting to me but specifically the role of Hermes i think beyond the fact that these melodies the fact that they are born from blues and and, and gospel and stuff that as you know a tennessee boy I, is a part of my dna but it was it was also the message that he speaks of. And I think that if you look deeply into what Hermes is trying to accomplish, he's trying to tell us that we may repeat this story over and over, just like we repeat the same men in our life or the same relationships or the same thing. But when we stop and realize, well, what are the the beliefs, the thoughts, the feelings at work within me that keep attracting the same thing over and over again? And that is woven throughout this entire piece so deliberately that I'm surprised it's not even, uh, uh, it's not more often a topic of the conversation. And that's Hermes' role to take you through that journey. And then when you see the disappointment of it, say, well, but we sing it again. We still live life. We still call that number that he left. We mm-hmm. still go on that first day. We still, we, we can't help but live, but express, but, but put ourselves out there, but let's take a deeper look and maybe we can create a situation that's better for us, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I know that when you guys do these acting, sometimes it's like method acting, but yes. other times it's like you really relate to that character. Yes. So how do you personally relate to Hermes?
1: Uh, that's a deep answer too, actually. Um, I've been a student of Hermeticism for a while, and so it was interesting that I got to to uh, be cast as the role of Hermes. Hermeticism is also very metaphysical in that as a licensed spiritual practitioner, I found it very interesting that I would be handed someone who I actually had been reading reading about Hermeticism and about the ancient history behind who Hermes is considered like the father of like different thoughts and stuff. So like, I kind of like personally love that. Um, but as far as, well he's a trickster too. And so, you know, you never believe that charming guy that you
0: <laughs> that. it's, like it's you, in there. Don't 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 let me charm
1: you. It is in there somewhere. You you regret it.
0: So.
1: Well it's so I'm not funny. That's
2: me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But look, look You pulled it out for a reason, Levi.
0: <laughs> he's like, look, the synchronicity put me in yeah. this spot to do this character for a reason. Yeah. Absolutely. But like
1: for real real. There's something about this role that I really have always felt like if it came to me initially, I I feel like this role was made for me, you know, and, and props to a creative team who has allowed all of us to recreate our interpretation without tying our hands, because mm-hmm. that took some boldness, especially when you've got something that's like eight Tony Award wins, you kind of want to... You kind of want to make sure the the train keeps moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? And so that was, I thought that was pretty generous of them, actually. Yeah, yeah
2: and You're right, too, because, you know, all shows don't do that. But I think, Mm-mm. you know, a, a good show is going to really yeah. resonate with that particular cast yeah. and find ways to bring it out of them. I mean, we're talking about this show winning eight Tonys, but you yourself have won Tonys. I, I need you to tell I us. I do have one. Yeah, you yes, to, I do. I need you to tell us about that journey for you. And then for you, you know, as an actor, that's such a huge feat for anybody who's giving their life essence to theater. I yes. mean, that's the top echelon. Uh, just tell us about a bit of that journey for you and then how it manifests in, you know, your work afterwards.
1: It it was an unconventional experience in that I love new works. I love workshopping new material. I love originating characters. Most of my stuff that I've done in my 20 years of theater has been a lot of roles that maybe people have never seen because I was developing them and and you never know what's gonna hit, right? I was developing this musical called uh, One Red Flower um, by Emmy award-winning director Paris Barclay, I actually want to check that he might be the first black man to win an Emmy Award yeah. for his. I, we should see if okay. that's true or not. But, but he has been, uh, like, since working with him in 2001, he's kind of became a mentor of mine. I had just come here to town here in LA, and, and uh, he kind of took me in, saw what I could do. And we had this beautiful story about five guys in their one year tour of duty in Vietnam. We developed it in here. We developed it here. We developed it here. We went to the Kennedy, City, Kennedy Center, developed it there, until finally we were lined up for a theater on Broadway. And then 9-11 happened a month later, Stop. Right, but we weren't even in the theater yet. And at that point, the producers were saying, well, I don't know that the consciousness of this country can deal yeah. with a story like that right now. And so we, call, we all came back home to Los Angeles and I thought, well, there was my Broadway debut. All of us guys, all five of us. Um, <clears throat> and the producers of One Red Flower had gotten a script. I like to call it a little hillbilly skit. Mm-hmm. Um, one a Million Dollar Quartet a story about Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, and they knew that I played southern characters well, and that I that I had a the, a knack for that being a southern boy. But uh, they heard that I had played the piano a little bit. Well, little did they know that like it is an extension of my body. I mean, I, that is, I I grew up not only full scholarship of classical, but I was playing Jerry Lee Lewis music at twelve years old at family reunions, like so, so like. <laughs> What synchronicity, right? (laughs) I never auditioned for the role once I did the first table reading, and I developed it from 2004 to 2010 so it took that long to really find the story and give it love and develop and I arranged a lot of music for the for the musical Um, and there and there we were 2010 it was like unexpected I didn't think against a story like One Red Flower I thought well this thing's just it's fun it's cute but it's not gonna (laughs) really do it and and I didn't know it was gonna hit and it hit and it was powerful what a journey and life-changing Yeah, and I thought it was a disappoint. I I I thought I would be forever disappointed that my Broadway debut happened, and then all of a sudden,
0: look at things happening when they're supposed to, man. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of other synchronicities, as you talk about one red flower right behind you yeah, there's right. one red flower literally right over your shoulder <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy I'm that's like crazy. that is wild <laughs> like, you're just all synced up okay <laughs> I love it I that's love great it. that's really so, that's funny. okay you you mentioned that people know that you play a southern boy very well right yeah I'm curious to know what advice would you give someone that's also a southern boy but maybe they don't always want to be type as that
1: I do think it's important to expand your horizons for sure. And it's funny because when I first moved here from Tennessee, I like to, I like to do things that help me experience the spirit of a city. Um, and so I came here because I was a singer songwriter. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be about the labels. I don't care about this acting thing. But I had seen this magazine called Backstage West in the floor of this girlfriend I was hanging out on her futon. Flung uh, through it, I'm like, oh well, this is, this is a uh, audition magazine, and I know what a cattle call is, mm-hmm. but never heard of this thing called Rent. <laughs> so I was 169th. No headshot. Oh. No resume was like i just want to see what this is like what these what these highfalutin actors do when they get off the bus and so i went i was 169th in line and i auditioned for rent for the role of roger and three callbacks later they called me for the broadway national tour and i was scared to death so i hightailed it back home and i got myself into some really great education auditioned for warner laughlin studios which classmates like Ryan Reynolds, Amy Adams, some amazing classmates that I had, um, and learned the craft. And I think because I dug my heels in and said, you know, instinct, talent is is great. It may crack that door open, but to sustain a 20-year career in theater, you know i mean there's there's roles that i have created and originated like jack the ripper which is an entirely east londoner sort of like entirely different you would not even know it sounds very is a rock opera very operatic not the way i naturally sing but being able to do that and create that role hopefully that'll surface one day the, the musical's still out there but it's like The ability to do that is important, you know? And it scares me still, it takes risks, but at the same time, you have to trust that inner compass. As an actor, you have to trust your education and just, you know, damn what other people say, I'm gonna dive into the pool and do it, you know? And it takes that boldness.
2: It does, I I really appreciate that too, because, uh, you know, I, I started in theater and acting when I was like nine, right? And I remember going to Howard University for theater and I was around a lot of kids who were just trying it out. (laughs) And I was like, you don't know about characterization. Like,
3: what are you, you think you're yes. cute, you're going to get yes. a role, you yeah, know? And just yeah. that, that thought yes. of,
2: mm-hmm. you know, there's something that you have to really respect about the craft. And I appreciate yes. you saying that. I yes. think not enough people understand that because yes. there is a level of talent, obviously, but if you don't really hone in on the craft, you'll be missing out on some opportunities to yeah. expand upon that talent. So tell us about, you know, now, now this cast that you have beside you, in Hades Town is just phenomenal. Obviously, we've been yes. talking to your cast members today, uh, and, and you know this is something that is just—it's—it's yeah. it's just full of so much talent. Yes. Um, you know, we were hearing earlier about how you guys all become a family. Tell us about your experience working alongside mm. some amazing actors and actresses.
1: I think one of the most phenomenal things about this creative team is they really have celebrated diversity and inclusion, and. It's not just for me as an LGBTQ um, that they acknowledge my story as someone who went through six years of conversion therapy, who survived a gay bashing in Hamilton Bar, New Jersey, who have been denied a, in my employment from so many record labels when they found out that about my sexuality. Like I, My story's fine, but all stories are brought to the table with this. And we get to not only navigate that personally and begin to really flex that empathy and compassion muscle with each other and put ourselves out there to hear each other's story. But I think that it does build a level of respect that, that you don't get unless you've created an environment like that. You know, it's important because we, we are living education for other people. Your story is an education to me. Your story is an education to me. Mine to you, perhaps. You know, so like to be able to come to the table and be open and say, let's let's all celebrate what has gotten us here and the values that we now hold dear is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I was asking uh, Nick and Morgan earlier if you had to pick a city or state, what would it be in terms of Hadestown? Town?
1: Like where to
0: tour? No, like, like so. In my opinion, if I were to be like, okay, in reality, a real Hades town would be. Oh, I said Vegas because right. you kind of pick your own poison. Can
1: like I say Memphis. There you I go. Said, yo. <laughs> okay,
2: that's a great question because it brings out something right that yeah. is so unique um, yes. and it's, it's the same in terms of this show. We're talking about historic archetypal characters, but yeah, the yes. way that the musicality and the show is put together, I just want you to tell us what you want the audience to walk away with uh, because yes. there's so many lessons here and we've been hearing some great answers mm-hmm. from from your cast members mm-hmm. and tell us for you, you know, what is it you, you want the audience to walk away with after you put everything out there on that stage tonight?
1: First of all, you can't watch Town and not remember that it is so influenced by Americana music. Aeneas is an Americana artist, so drawing from all of those influences that make roots music happen for America are going to find their way in it. And that's kind of how I have found my way. That was my invitation. That was my doorway into it musically. But at the end of the day, what do you walk away with? you know, Hermes as your narrator, as your conductor for the evening, would want you to realize that you actually are the divine authority of your own life. Mm. And that you can unravel any situation and discover the beliefs, the thoughts, the feelings that are creating a limiting experience and know that you are infinitely unlimited because there is a universe that only knows to say yes to you and when you lean into that, you can change the outcome. You're,
2: You're going to have me snapping a Z-formation. Come, right <laughs> <laughs> come on now. Yeah, Absolutely. It's,
0: true. It's, true. it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I love it. Well, she knows what my last question is going to be. If you had to describe your character in one word, uh-huh. what would it be? She'll give you up to three. You one word? Three, three i I'll, okay. I'll give you one two word. extra lifelines if you need them.
1: <laughs> That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Gumbo.
2: Oh, <laughs> a plethora. Mix it in the pot. You might get a crab leg. But you're going to get a kick. Yeah. <laughs> You don't get these vibes. You don't get this good flavor. You don't get a kick. <laughs> a good flavor. Oh my goodness. Levi, thank you so much. My Clearly, pleasure. you know, this is, we, we have so much time with you, but we just appreciate it. We can't wait to see
1: you tonight. Absolutely. I can't wait for you to see it. Thanks thank for your time. You. You.
0: Hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview with Levi that myself and Trey Holiday did. Again, make sure you guys check out. Hades Town, when it comes here, you will not be disappointed, okay? Anywho, you guys, look, I've told you what I've been up to. I've told you guys what I have going on next. And I feel like that's really about it. Um, otherwise, look, thank you for tapping in with Rewind with Vesa. If you have any questions or any feedback or any thoughts on anything that we talked about today, drop your stories. Stop your stories. Yes. Drop your stories below. Drop your thoughts below and drop anything else that you're feeling below. This is a family. It is a safe place for us to have open discussions around here. Um, otherwise, look, I will be back next Wednesday. And of course, you can keep up with me on social media at Basic Gordon for the rest of the week. I'm on Hits 1061, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we do, we do have like a contest going on where we're helping. And Pay Your Bills is also back, which means that we're hooking you guys up with a chance to win a thousand dollars every hour on the 30s. So make sure you listen to your girls so you can get some money. OK, OK. Anyway, you guys, until next time, have an amazing rest of your week. And of course, do whatever you can to keep your energy high.